an exhortation from the Word, an exhortation from the Scriptures that will lift your spirit. Paul's writing to Timothy here in this first cha- in sixth chapter of First Timothy in the twelfth verse, and actually he's writing this from Rome, where he's about ready to be offered. When he when uh, when he was going to be offered, it was offered up his head to be chopped off because of his belief and because of his um, uh, boldness in the Lord and in the, the power of God that operated through his life. In fact, Paul. You know, he, he, he didn't really want to, some of, the church didn't want him to go to Rome. And uh, they knew the danger that was there. And Agabus, the prophet, he took up his, uh, the belt or the sash or whatever they wore back then. And he picked it up and he said, who does this belong to? And Paul said, well, that's mine. And he said, this sash, whoever it is, and it was Paul's, that great danger and death is waiting on him if he goes. And the people immediately begin to cry. They begin to cry out, oh, stay, stay, stay. But Paul was persuaded of the Lord to obey him. He had an assignment in Rome. He had an assignment there that God wanted him to do. And listen, when it's your time, did you know they tried to kill him several times? They stoned him and left him for dead. Uh, I mean, all kinds of things happened to Paul, put in jail, beaten to, to almost death, and the Lord delivered them and set them free. And I believe when they came out of there, evidently God touched them physically because he preached to all the, all the, all the, all the other prisoners, and they got saved, and revival got started, and church got started in Philippi. So, Paul knew what it was, but he, he's writing this letter to Timothy while he's in Rome, Waiting for his execution date. And, but listen to what he tells Timothy. Fight. Uh, that's, kind of an odd, that's kind of an odd story. That's kind of an odd uh, way to start off a <laughs> something to tell somebody. Fight. You know, we should be saying peace. But no, this word fight here, he's not talking about just being passive, he's talking about being bold in your stand for the things of God and fight what? The good fight of faith. Fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of eternal life that you were called to and have made a good confession about in the presence of many witnesses. But this, this is a battle cry to the church. Fight the good fight of faith. Take hold. How many knows you got to take hold of something? I mean, you got to grab it. We used to have the old saying, "Grab the altar by, by grab the horns of the altar," and I mean, just hang on and pray and seek God until the answer comes. Paul saying, "Fight, take hold of eternal life that you're called to, and have made a good confession about in the presence of many witnesses." Now. Your faith in God is not a passive faith. In other words, we're not sissies. <laughs> Amen? We're bold. God wants you to be bold. God wants you to be able to stand up to the enemy, stand up to the devil, stand up to anything that is not of God, and be bold. Be bold as a lion, but harmless as a dove. Amen? But we have to be bold in our stand for God. And listen, as the day approaches, and what we're living in, and if you've been watching the news, you know what's going on and everything that's happening. And I'm telling you, we're in the end time. We're in the very end time. We're in, we're in the end of these days. Somebody said, what's, what, what hope does America have? I really don't know. The Bible, I mean, we're not going to get into this. It's prophetically stuff. And, but, but, but what I'm saying is, we, we don't have no guarantee. Rome, the mightiest empire in the world for thousands of years, or several thousands, or pretty long time. <laughs> but they fell because of their arrogance and pride and begin to see themselves as gods themselves. And the Roman Empire fell from within. 
Did you know that the empire of Rome, it, it didn't happen with enemy coming against them. It fell from within first. Morally, spiritually, I mean, immorality was so high in Rome. We, we, we uh, you know, what we, what's happening in America is not, not even a, a torch to that yet. But it's headed that direction. And what I'm, what I'm declaring on this is the fact that we have no guarantee that America is going to be standing forever and ever and ever. We don't have that guarantee whatsoever. There's no guarantee in the Bible that says that. Amen. And uh, in fact, many prophetic teachers are declaring that they can't see America in the end time prophecies. The, 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 where America is. America is on the verge of destructing itself. Because of all that's happening in this world, the immorality and, and the ungodliness. I, I mean, it's, uh, I mean, you know, it's getting sick. It's sickening to see things on the, with our leaders that are wanting to be president and the things that they portray publicly. We're, we're in, we need to pray. <laughs> and we need to pray that God give us grace and that God give us an extension of time. Because I believe that God can give us an extension of time. And I believe a revival can come. And I believe there could be a great move of God before the coming of the Lord. And uh, I believe we can see the power of God move in a greater way than we've ever even read about or what they ever witnessed in the past. It can be a greater move of God than ever before. But that, listen, we got our, we got to do something. We got to do like Paul said, fight. Fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of eternal life. And you made a confession to it. But, now, faith is not passive. But it's aggressive. Faith. By faith. How many remember when you got saved? You weren't too passive. I, I don't think you were. I, I mean, listen... I've seen people, when they get saved, their lives were messed up big time, bound up with sin and habits and things that were destructing them and destroying them. And when they got saved, I mean, they got excited about it. It, it was it was something that uh, they you know it was uh, they they just something rose up on the inside of them and they began to take hold of this eternal life. Listen, people that don't have much to rejoice about, I wonder about their salvation. We got a lot to rejoice over. Some of us were delivered from drugs. I don't know how many in here were, but. Uh, uh, but our, in our generation today, you can go into churches and places. And have, I, I had one time we were running about maybe 200 people at that time. And, and we asked for people that came up. Uh, I wanted them to come up forward that had been delivered from drugs and alcohol. And uh, of that, those nature of things. And I mean, there was probably 60 or 70 people that came forward that stood there. That had been delivered and set free from alcohol and drugs. And you know what? When you looked at them, they still had tears streaming down their face just thinking about what God delivered them from. Yeah, and praising God and glorifying God because they were still excited about it. I don't know about you, but listen, we need, we need to stay excited about what God's done for us. Where he's brought us from. Get excitement in our spirit. Glory to God. Somebody ask you if you're saved, say, Oh, yeah, I am. You know, don't, don't, don't wipe your face with a handkerchief and go, yes, I am. You know, no, say, yes, I am saved. I am born again. I'm a believer. I have faith in God. Amen? But it, it's a fighting faith, this, this fighting faith that Paul's talking about that keeps us uh, from falling, falling and backsliding. When do we fight the good fight of faith? Listen, the devil wants to destroy you. Some of us have been saved a long time. Some have been saved longer than some people's been living. Amen. But you know what? The devil wants to, he, he would love to destroy our testimony. Snuff us out, whatever he has to do, so that we're not an influence on anyone else. But listen, I'm going to fight 
till my last breath. Fight the fight of faith. Hallelujah. I tell you what. <laughs> I want to take, uh, I'd like to take about 100 people home with me when I take my last breath. Just take them all home with me. When I say home, get them all born again. <laughs> so they can go home. Amen? But, but this fighting faith keeps us from falling. And we, it's not flesh and blood that we're fighting. You're not fighting individuals. We're not fighting other denominations. We're not fighting other churches. We're not fighting... Listen, in some of the churches out there today, they have went astray from the gospel. They have totally got their own gospel. They're not preaching the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, the cross. Anything goes. And I, I mean, it's, it's really sad. It's really sad. And then, then you got some on the other uh, spectrum, uh, on the other end of it, that are so, uh, they get so far out in left field that uh, they're crazy. You know, literally. And uh, I, I mean, I, we were watching one group of people. And it's a, it's a well-known group. And I mean, they were cackling and, and sounded like demons, you know. And supposed to be praising God. I said, no, God's not the author of confusion and God's not into this kind of stuff. Amen. When we praise God, it ought to bring joy. It should bring peace. It should bring the presence of God in when we're worshiping the Lord. It shouldn't scare people off. <laughs> Amen. I mean, what would you do if I got up here cackling like a devil? <laughs> we used to watch a, a Little Joe. Remember Little Joe in, in, on the TV programs, uh, Bonanza and, and uh, Little House on the Prairie? And, and he had this funny laugh. <laughs> you know, all, and Pat and I still laugh at him when we hear it, you know. Uh, I mean, it's, it's the funniest laugh I've ever heard. But uh, but uh, I don't think it's devilish. It's just his way of laughing, you know. But <laughs> but anyway, uh, where were we going? Okay. <laughs> but Paul's given some Timothy some instructions here. Fight the good fight of faith. Now we walk by faith. Second Corinthians five verse seven. Paul's writing this also. Paul Paul had a lot to write about faith because he had to live by faith. He had to learn faith. But he said, for we walk by faith, not by sight. In other words, understand the warfare and with whom you're warring against. You're not fighting flesh and blood. But the Bible said against principalities. Again, Paul's writings, against principalities, spiritual wickedness in high places. In fact, Ephesians, the sixth chapter, gives us the weapons of our warfare and, and our armor that we're to put on and how we're to stand and come against the wiles of the devil. In fact, in Ephesians, the sixth chapter, that chapter is actually an intercessory, uh, uh, it's talking about intercessory uh, battle, intercessory, intercessory prayer. Because it's everything that you have on is for the front, nothing for the back. So, in other words, if you've got it on the front, you're going forward. And you're aggressive and you're attacking the enemy. And then on down in that chapter, in the sixth chapter of Ephesians, it says, praying always with all for all people in the Spirit. In other words, it's intercession. And this is what Paul's in reference to in Ephesians 6, is we're going we're gonna to have to bombard hell. And, and deliver and help set people free from the bondages that the devil's put them in. How many's got relatives? And uh, you, you, got, you probably got nieces and nephews and things that are battling things in their life right now. It's demonic. It, it, it's, listen, there's a demonic influence in the world. But we're, we're not walking in the flesh. We're walking by faith and in the Spirit. And we're, we're going forward in the name of the Lord. In Ephesians 6 chapter, Paul said, Finally, brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of His might, and put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the enemy and the wiles of the devil. Amen? Put on the helmet of salvation. Put on that breastplate of righteousness. Gird yourself with truth. Get the armor. Listen, that armor is important. Or that shield, the shield of faith. That shield is important. The armor is important. But that shield of faith. Did you know back in the Roman days, and this is what Paul was in reference to, 
because that's the way they battled back then. They had these big shields that were so so wide, and they come down to a point, you know, like this, and they come down to the point. When they go out to battle, the, the soldiers would go forward, and they would set their shield in the ground. They just set it right in the ground, and hook, those shields were interlocked, and it made a steel wall across there to protect them. They could get down behind those shields and, and be protected. And I want to tell you something. You've got the shield of faith. I said, you've got the shield of faith. And what can we do if every one of us get our shield of faith and we just plop it down and just stick it in the ground? We've got us a wall in front of us that the devil can't penetrate. And we're going to go forward in the name of the Lord. We're going to see miracles take place. We're going to see people get saved that needs to be delivered and set free in their minds, in their bodies, and in their uh, in habits of the flesh. We're, we're going to see it happen because we're going to do it together as a body of believers. Amen. We walk by faith. Not by sight. Fight the good fight of faith. And learn to maintain your faith and strengthen it. Now, look at Ephesians 6.10. We just read it, but it said, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord in the power of His might. Be strong in the Lord. I want, to read a, I want to read a couple of translations here. It's not taken away from the meaning. It just kind of expands on some of the, the definition of it. How many understand what we're saying here? But the translator's New Testament says, Finally, draw upon the Lord's power and let him supply you with his mighty power. In other words, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. But we're drawing from the power of God. Uh, the Amplified says, In conclusion, be strong in the Lord, draw your strength from him, and be empowered through your union with him and in the power of his boundless might. In other words, it just kind of expands on it. And we're, we're listen, we're drawing from God. We're drawing from God. We're walking and going forward in the Lord. Now, you know, when, how many remembers the upper room when the, when the disciples were up there? 120 of them. 500 people were commanded to go. There was about 500 people that saw Jesus ascend into heaven. And, God, and Jesus commanded them, go tarry in Jerusalem until you're endued with power from on high. And the Holy Ghost comes upon you. Because, see, they wanted to do the works of the Lord. Well, the only way they're going to be able to do the works of the Lord is to be filled with the Spirit. Because Jesus was embodied with the Spirit. I mean, He was embodied with the Holy Spirit. And the power of God was in His life. He was the Son of God. But He said, you shall receive power. That's what He told the disciples when He was ascending. You go and tarry in Jerusalem, and when the Holy Ghost comes, you will be endued with power from on high. And you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. So, you know, he commanded them to go. Amen. They, they really didn't have no choice. Listen, how many is a disciple of the Lord today? Come on. Amen. Did you know this book here is our command? Yeah. This is our manual. This is our War manual, this is our instruction manual, and everything, it instructs you how to pray, it instructs you how to live, it instructs you how to love, <laughs> it instructs you how to be quiet. Well, you don't have to be quiet right now. But I mean, it, but instructions from God is in this book. And Jesus gave them the commandment, tarry until the Holy Ghost comes. You know, wait, waiting is not the easiest thing for a lot of people. When Pat tells me she's doing lunch, you know, I try to go do something else. Because I get the smell in the lunch, and I want to know how, how much longer. Oh, the timer's on about 45 minutes. 45 minutes? I'm hungry now. How do you know that's the way we are? Jesus told the disciples, you go and tarry until he comes. He didn't give them no time amount. I mean, time, time frame. He didn't say, oh, this is how long you're going to have to tarry in the upper room. No, they got together, about 120 of them. There was actually 500 that heard him, remember? Now, somebody said, well, what happened to the other 380? Uh, I, well, that's where you got all your different denominations, you know. Everybody's got their own belief system. <laughs> That's just my take. I don't believe that really. <laughs> you're a Christian. You're not a Christian because you're Baptist, Methodist, 
Assemblies of God, independent Pentecostal. You're, you're not a Christian because of that. You're a Christian because you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. And you believe what he did for us. Amen. But they, in, they, they were instructed and they waited on the Lord. No, no one is waiting on the Lord. Remember, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Well, that word wait in Isaiah there. They that wait upon the Lord. That word wait is the same sense of serving. You know, how many, how many goes to a restaurant and, and you have a waiter to come wait on you? They wait on you. They serve you. And, and what the, sometimes, you know, we, we think waiting on the Lord is just sitting over here on the side of the road and said, okay, Lord, I'm going to wait here until that miracle comes. I'm going to sit here and do nothing. I'm just going to wait. Just wait. Or do you know, that's the way some people t- term waiting, like our HB goes out and, and, and he lets uh, uh, Janie into the Walmart to go in there and do her thing, you know. And I do that sometimes, too, you know. I just let, okay, I'll just wait here and I'll watch for you when you come out, you know. But, but, we, but some of us think waiting is just kind of waiting. But no, waiting is serving. They that... Wait or serve or worship and praise. While we're waiting for the manifestation, we should be worshiping and praising and glorifying God and thanking God and and empowering our faith with the promises of God. And say, Lord, your word says, thus saith the Lord. Hallelujah. And worship the Lord. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. Amen. But the strength of the believer. Be strong in the Lord. In the upper room they waited and the Holy Spirit came. And the Holy Spirit filled them all. He didn't fill just some of them. All of them were filled. And then when they left there, 120 of them, they got out in the streets. And they were acting so fanatical that the people said, well, what is this new wine that they got a hold of up there? <laughs> you know, they're acting different than what we've ever seen any Christian act like. And here they are. But, oh, no. It was, it was, it was just overflowing. In fact, the first sermon was preached that day by Peter as thousands of people were out there. And 3,000 people received the Lord Jesus Christ. And he said, repent. And be baptized, every one of you, in the name of the Lord. And those 3,000 also, listen, it was a common thing back in the early church for everybody to receive the power of the Holy Ghost. It wasn't an option. This was the way it was. You get born again, and the power of the Holy Spirit comes in in full force in your life to enable you to do the works of the Lord. And to lead you, and to direct you, and to teach you, and to guide you. That's what the Holy Ghost is for. That's good preaching, Brother Clarence. <laughs> but the facts of redemption become reality. Amen? And uh, what, 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 you know what the devil saw on the day of Pentecost? He saw the recreation of men and women. Men and women that were just normal human beings were recreated in the very likeness of Christ. I remember that old song, To Be Like Jesus, To Be Like Jesus, All I Ask Is To Be Like Him. All through life's journey, from earth to glory, all I want to do is be like Him. To be like Jesus. See, what happened was on the day of Pentecost, they, all 120 of them, they became and excuse the term, but they became little Jesuses in that sense. Because they were filled with the Holy Spirit. We become, what's a Christian? Christ-like. The Bible said they were first called Christians or Christians, Christians at Antioch. First time that that term was used for believers in the Lord. They were called Christians. You know what Christian is? It's acting like Christ. Living like Christ. Talking like Christ. Doing the works of Christ. Doing the same thing. That's what Jesus said. When I go away, I'm going to send you another comforter. And you're going to do these things. You're going to lay hands on the sick. They're going to recover. You're going to speak in tongues. You're going to, you're going to cast out devils. You're going to have authority over all the power of the enemy because of the power of the Holy Ghost in your life. So Paul's given some pretty good instructions here to young Timothy. Fight. The good fight of faith. 
We need to keep our faith in what God's Word says. Faith in what the Lord has said. And uh, uh, what the, that's what the devil saw. He saw the recreation of men and women. Yeah. Christians. He saw sin stop being in their lives. How many is how amazed? And I know you have. You've seen many people that were born again. And, and Aren't you amazed, though, at how they clean their life up just like that? How do they do that? It's because they become a new creature in Christ Jesus. That spirit man is touched. That spirit man, that inner man, it, it becomes touched by God. And, and the new birth, that's where the new birth is. It's, on, it's inside here. It's inside here. And when that, when that spirit of man is touched and that spirit of that woman is touched, or that teenager or that young child, they, they're changed. They're transformed right there. Immediately, just like that, they become new creatures in Christ Jesus. Old things pass away, and behold, all things become new. Somebody says, well, I know somebody, though, that got saved, that was happy like that, and then all of a sudden they got drunk. Well, you know what? The devil's going to try to come and just knock you out from under your feet. He's he going to try to make something happen, just make you go get all soused up, you know, because, you know, that, 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 that's your relief. Amen. But now then, now that we've got the Lord and we've got the power of the Holy Ghost, we're going to fight the good fight of faith. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm not tempted by drugs, alcohol. Y'all still here this morning? Yeah. Temptation's not there. Even if I get to a lowest ebb, it looks like that I, I don't have the victory for an area or, or maybe I don't have that feeling. Listen, how many ever went through that time in your Christian walk where you didn't have that excitable feeling on the inside and, and where you could feel God and you could feel the Lord and you could feel, you know, I like to feel God. I'll be honest. I like to feel the power of God. I like to feel the presence of the Lord. But whether I have feelings or not, God's Word is still truth. And therefore, our faith, fight the good fight of faith. Faith in what He said. Faith in what He did. Amen? (laughs) Actually, what the devil literally saw, he saw saw, uh, Jesus, men and women, in that upper room. (laughs) He said, "Uh uh-oh, I better get me some reinforcements here, because now there's not just one we're dealing with. we got 120 of them that's going to act just like he did. And that 120 went and got 3,000, then they got another 5,000. Oh, dear Lord, I mean, it began to multiply. God wants to see a move of God. Can you say amen? Now, I want to read something in Ephesians 3, verse 14 and 16. This is where we draw our strength. We draw our strength from God. For this reason, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that He would grant you, according to the riches of His glory, to be strengthened with might through His Spirit in the inner man. He said, I bow my knees to the Father, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth, the whole family, the whole family of God, that he would grant according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might, strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. I want to tell you, somebody said one time, they said, I've had a lot of people ask me, especially uh, if they're not really acquainted with Pentecostal uh, teaching or preaching on that sense, you know. I, 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 don't, I don't want to just be a Pentecostal preacher. I want to be a preacher of the Word. But y'all know what I'm talking about. I mean, some people just, they, they, they haven't, you know, they just, uh, they, they don't know that inner peace or that inner strength that comes from here. And they wonder what makes you tick sometimes. <laughs> What makes you tick? What makes, what makes a Christian just bounce back up and go forward when the devil's knocked everything out from under him? It's because our spirit man. The devil can't destroy your spirit man. He can destroy your natural home. He can destroy your natural possessions. But he can't destroy the real you on the inside. Only if we allow him to. And I'm not going to allow him to. Because, you see, 
the same God that gave me what I had in the past, materially, that same God, because of the Spirit of God in me, will give us the wisdom to do what He says to do, and God will bless what you put your hands to. Hallelujah! So, thank God for the strength of God. Can you say amen? Because the Holy Spirit's the instrument of strength to our faith. Look at John 14, 16, and 17. This is Jesus talking. He said, I'll pray to the Father. And He will give you another comforter, another helper. That He may abide with you forever. And it's the Spirit of truth. Whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees Him nor knows Him. But you know Him for He dwells with you and will be in you. Now, this is Jesus talking here. He's telling this to his disciples before he goes and does his big prayer at the, at, at, at the tree there where he's praying and agonizing in prayer. If it be possible, let this, pass, let this pass from me. But nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. Amen? But just before all of this, he's teaching the disciples as they were walking along. And he said, I'm going to pray to the Father and he'll give you another comforter. Another helper. In other words, Jesus was there with them. They didn't have no worries. Jesus was there. But when he ascended to heaven, he said, I'm sending you another comforter. And that's exactly what happened on the day of Pentecost. The comforter came. The power of the Holy Ghost came. And that church, the church, the, the church continued to do the works of Christ and even multiplied beyond measure because of the power of God multiplying through the believers. And I mean, listen, you've got as much anointing as the person next to you. The Holy Ghost is in you. Amen? You've got uh, as much wisdom as the person next to you because you've got the Holy Spirit in you. The Holy Spirit has made unto us wisdom. Sanctification. Amen? The Holy Spirit has been made unto us these things. So, you've got as much as anybody else. Praise God. Don't don't ever underestimate who you are in Christ and underestimate what God's done for you. Don't don't underestimate and make yourself feel this big, you know. You need to feel like you're a giant in the Lord. Hallelujah. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Through Christ who strengthens, and what did he say? The Holy Spirit's going to empower you, strengthen you, and you're going to be... Marilyn Hickey did an illustration one time that I never forgot. She was talking about, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And she made a statement. She said, what the Holy Spirit does, he makes you equal and even above equal to what the devil's got to offer. And she put up her hand, and she said, just put up your palm like this. This, this is you. And over here is the, is the devil. But you see, the devil don't have no power over you, because you see, Jesus and his Holy Ghost in you has made you equal to, and even beyond, the power of the devil. Because greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. So we've got the power of the Holy Ghost, the anointing of God abiding on the inside of us, that we can be, we're equal. Listen, the problem is not bigger than you are. The situation is not bigger than you are. The sickness is not bigger than you are. Those rowdy, rebellious Kids or grandkids or what? That's no bigger than you are. You still got more power than the enemy that's trying to destroy. Y'all still with me? You've got the power to bind and to loose. And I know some of you got some relatives or something around you that maybe not serving God, but you know what? You've got the power to bind it. You don't have to go over there and shake them by the head. I bind you in Jesus' name. You lot will get knocked upside the head. <laughs> one preacher was preaching one night. He said, I can whoop any devil in here. Two big old burly men came up there and said, we're the devil. What you going to do? <laughs> I don't think that's what the devil, I mean, what the preacher was looking for. 
but he was saying he could whip any devil, but, you know, I don't think that's what he was looking for that night. But, but, and, I, and I don't know the end of the story, so I won't tell it anyway, because so, I don't know it. I just heard that part. <laughs> but the devil, he, he'll mock you. I said he'll mock you. But the Holy Spirit is our strength. We're equal to. The, the, the problem's not bigger than you are. The devil is not bigger than you are. God has whittled him down to size, and now we are more than conquerors through Christ who loved us. And we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Makes me want to just run around this building a little bit. Then I'd forget where I was at over here. God's good, isn't He? Amen. Now, but you know Him. He'll dwell with you and will be in you. Now, in other words, God said, I'm going to send you a paracletus. That's the Greek word, the paracletus. One to stand alongside and to be in you and to strengthen you. The Holy, listen, God didn't leave us defenseless. No. Jesus didn't ascend to heaven and leave us defenseless. He said, I'm sending you another comforter. I'm sending you a helper. Someone that will stand right there with you and go with you through everything that you're doing. Now, the verb, the, the verb paracleal literally means to invite or summon and is used of calling an ally, like a counselor, a witness of one's favor or counsel in one's defense. So the paracleal is the verb. God said, I'm going to send you somebody that's going to stand alongside you, be in you. Guide you, direct you, help you, calm you down. Praise God. But Paracletus, therefore, means one who's called to help or to be a helper. And we, listen, I'm talking about drawing strength from God today. Amen? I'm talking about be strong. Fight the good fight of faith. Fight the good fight of faith. We've got the, we've got the right to do it. Look at First uh, John uh, 2, verse 3. I mean, verse 1, I'm sorry. First John 2, 1. and said, My little children, these things I write to you so that you may not sin. And if anyone sins, we have an advocate with God the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. The perpetuation for our sins. In other words, if you do, if you do. I want to tell you, if you do come up against something that looks bigger than you, if you do... We have an advocate. That's why we can call on God in the name of Jesus. His name is our password. His name is that code that gets you in beyond the, uh, the gates there and into the presence of the Almighty God because it's through His name and in His name that we pray. It's in His name that we do these things. It's in His name. Nobody's doing it. I, I was in England preaching at a, a Baptist church. And they weren't... I, the man that scheduled me over there, he scheduled me in Methodist churches, Baptist churches, uh, uh, Church of England churches, you know. I mean, uh, we had one of the ministers of Church of England... Uh, they, this this uh, African church from Ghana, West Africa, they were using their auditorium, and they had about five or 600 people there coming on Sundays, you know. And, and uh, the, uh, uh, what do they call the uh, Anglican church minister? You know, he's the Anglican priest or whatever. Uh, and he would come and sit there. And I'll never forget, I was going over there to England one time, and, and this preacher says, that Anglican priest, he said, when's that preacher from Texas coming back? I like that kind of preaching. <laughs> well, you know what? And he, and he came over, and we went to a, they got, finally got a building of their own. He came over to that building to all, every service and just praised God and worshiped the Lord with us. And, and I, I think he got filled with the Holy Ghost somewhere in between, you know, because he was acting just like we were. Only he had his little robe on, you know, and stuff. But that's okay. Hey, I can preach in a robe if I had to. Amen. It might encumber me a little bit, but I could still preach. The Word don't change. Y'all still with me? 
And I'm not going to go do that. Don't go out here and say, Brother Clarence, go, go start preaching in a robe and, uh, and all that. No, I'm not going to do that. I, I, you know, but uh, I'm not going to sit up here and get a throne and get me a big robe and put a crown on my head either like some of these guys did, you know. Uh, uh, you know, we, we are kings and priests unto the Lord. But I want to tell you something. We need to exalt Him. Yes. Exalt the Lord. Can you say amen? Now, now, we need to understand the the comforter is here. We have an advocate. Comfort is always comfort, which brings strength. It's never to tr- uh, never tr- uh, just a sentimental word, but it's help, encouragement, and comfort. I want to give a little testimony of myself. I can talk about myself and laugh at myself and. You know, criticize myself because I know self. <laughs> but I was going to preach in Navasota, Texas, and uh, we had a heavy, heavy radio, uh, well, a great big ministry, radio ministry, and the cost of it was staggering at times, you know. But every time we went on one, God said to do it, and God always supplied, you know. But I'll never forget, it seemed like that for some reason, and ministries that have this type of ministry, they, they depend on people that hear and receive from the teaching. And I always gave a free, back then, cassette tape, you know, it was a free cassette tape to anybody that wrote in, whether they sent an offering or didn't send an offering. It didn't matter. I just, and we didn't sell them. We just said, if you send an offering, God will bless you for it. And we just tell them what to do. But... For some reason, that month, it was really, really low. Low. And it was so low, I needed a miracle. Anybody ever got where you needed a miracle? I mean, I needed a miracle, not for me personally, but for the ministry. And I, I was driving over to Navasota, which was a 45-minute drive from Conroe, and I was on 105, Highway 105, off 45 there, going over that direction. And I got down that road. This is before it even got all widened out like it is now. And, man, I just got all. I was thinking about the, the weight of everything. It just, it just got on me, you know. I mean, it just pulled me down. Now, I want you to know you got a human being for a pastor. But I was getting weighted down. I pulled off to the side of the road. And I said, Lord, I can't go preach tonight. I, I need somebody to come preach to me. I, I, I was so low. I just said, Lord. And I just, and God just, you know, he just, he was still there. And I finally just started praying. And I said, Lord, you know, as we pray in the Spirit. Well, I didn't pray in the Spirit. Sometimes you... you the Holy Ghost, how many knows the Holy Ghost knows the English language too? Oh, yeah. Yes, sir. <laughs> and usually when you pray in the Spirit, you pray in language. You don't, you're just praising the Lord and speaking to God. And your prayer language, you're just praising the Lord in tongues. But that night, I didn't need tongues. I'm talking about tongues I didn't understand. You know, understand. But God, I sat on the side of the road, and all of a sudden, from way down deep in here, Scripture after Scripture after Scripture after probably 30 or 40 Scriptures just bubbled out from my innermost being and out of my mouth. And it was coming out of my mouth. I heard the Word of God. And before I realized it, I ended up in front of that church over there. I don't know how I got there. I don't know how I got through stoplights. I don't know how all of that happened. But I know I just ended right up in front of that church. And it was time for church. And I walked in and I was full of God. Hallelujah. (laughs) And we had a time that night. And God supernaturally, not all of it there, but started it there, supernaturally began to supply the need. And by the next day... 
I got home and already, and, and it wasn't just in the mailbox. Listen, you can get you can get tied down to certain avenues that you think God's going to use, you know. And uh, but no, we we had a man call and said, "Can I come by for a minute?" I said, "Sure." He came by and gave me a check for several thousand dollars, you know. I said, "Praise God!" And then we went on down and went to the post office. There was some more mail in the post office. I said, "Praise God! God gave more than enough." Why? It, it, it wasn't because of who I was. It was because I was going to put my faith in God. Now, my spirit was down. But I said, Lord, i got to pray. And I thought I was just going to start praying in tongues. And I didn't pray in tongues. What I did, the Holy Ghost took the Scriptures and spoke it through me. And the Word encouraged me. And I encouraged myself in the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Now, don't go out saying, Brother Clarence, say you don't have to speak in tongues. I didn't say that. But I said, God knows English too. And sometimes we got to hear what God is speaking to us and see what God is telling us. Can you say amen? Now, Jude 20 said, but you beloved, this is how you maintain this strength. But you dear friends, but you beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Build yourself up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Praying in the Holy Ghost. He that speaks in the known tongue, unknown tongue, Paul said this, 1 Corinthians uh, 14 and 4, he that speaks in an unknown tongue edifies himself. You edify yourself. Hey, when you're praying, you need to pray in the Spirit. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Pray in the Holy I'm not saying don't pray in English. I mean, sometimes you got you want to pray. But I'm saying get in the spirit in the spirit of prayer and let the Holy Ghost pray through you. And build yourself up on your most holy faith by praying in the Holy Ghost. He that speaks in an unknown tongue, what? Edifies himself. That's what the Bible said in 1 Corinthians 14, 4. So, one more scripture here. Can you all hang on a second or two? Romans 8, verse 26 through 28. Romans 8, 26 through 28. Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses. How many ever had weaknesses? Oh, yeah. Amen? Amen? For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit Himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Never now he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is, because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. God prays through you and prays according to the will of God. Amen? And we know that all things work together for the good to those who love the Lord and are called according to His purpose. So that, therefore, we know what God says. And we have it. And then Isaiah 40, verse 29 through 31. I want to just close off with this. He gives strength to the weary. And to him who has no might, he increases power. Even youths grow weary and tired, and vigorously young men stumble badly. But those who wait for the Lord, those who wait upon the Lord, those who wait upon the Lord, there's that word wait again, shall renew their strength and their power. And they'll mount up with wings as eagles. And they will go towards the sun. If they, if they run, they'll not become weary. And if they walk, they will not grow faint. Yeah. Hallelujah. We're talking about waiting upon the Lord. Yeah. Buying together by twisting, interwoven to make one as one. This is what God wants to do in our, in our, in our walk with Him. We get interwoven with the Lord and we're one with Him. Amen? Yeah. One with Him. Eagles. You know what eagles do? They head straight for the storm clouds. We want to go the other direction when storm's coming. <laughs> but they head straight to the storm cloud because as, they, as they're flying, their wings are beating, and they're going to soar finally above the storm. And that's what God's wanting us to do this morning. Let's let the Holy Spirit, I tell you, build yourself up in the most holy faith by praying in the Holy Ghost. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold of it. Praise God. <laughs> Thank God. It's ours. One scripture to close with. Thus says the Lord God, Isaiah thirty fifteen, The Holy One of Israel, in returning in rest, you shall be saved. In quietness and confidence shall be your strength. But you would not. Oh, listen. 
God is our strength. He's our confidence. He's our power. He's our hope. He, he's our blesser. He's, he's got everything that we need from Him. And be strong in the Lord. Fight the good fight of faith. Glory to God. Get ready. Let somebody says, well, what did I need this for today? Well, you might know tomorrow. Amen. Fight the good fight of faith. Yeah. Now, the Holy Ghost will bring it to you. Brother Clarence said this. Hmm? Just go ahead and put it to practice. Because the Word works when we work the Word. Amen? So, therefore, victory's ours. Can you say praise God? Oh, lift your hands and just thank God for the Word of God that's ours in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, yes. (laughs) I tell you, victory's ours in the name of Jesus. How many believes that the Holy Ghost power is yours today? Amen. Couldn't you just lift your hands to the Lord and just say, Lord, my faith is in you. Oh, those that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as he They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Teach me, Lord. Teach me, Lord, to wait. Have faith in God. time. Just lift your hand and say, Lord, I'm going to have faith in you. Oh, have faith in God. Have faith in God. Have faith in God for Deliverance, have faith in God. Well, let's stand to our feet this morning. Praise God. Oh, glory to God. Amen. Y'all are easy people to preach to. <laughs> I enjoy preaching. Amen. Amen. Let's remember tonight at six. Come believing the Lord. Praise God. And as you go, just thank God for victory that's yours. Amen. And when the battle's over, we shall wear a crown. Oh, we shall wear a crown. We shall wear a crown. And when the battle's over, we shall wear a crown. Wear a bright and shining crown.